Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey with my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journeys so they can let go and make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. And so if you're a regular listener to One of a Kind You, thank you so much for taking the time to tune into another episode. And if you are new to this podcast, welcome, welcome. We're equally excited to have you join us as well. So the way that this works is I usually share a journal entry of mine from when I was in the thick of the struggle. But today we have a special guest with us. Her name is Jennifer Hernandez, and she is here to um, share about her memoir that she wrote. It's called No One Can Stop Me But Me. And um, it comes out early January of 2024, which I can't believe it's almost 2024. Um, but she has really an interesting journey in life. So she um, says that at eight, just eight years old, she encountered things that were um, more horrific and terrible than what you would find in most fiction stories. And those traumatic events really marked her um, childhood and the beginning of her tumultuous journey, which includes parental abandonment, um, unstable living conditions, early substance use, teen pregnancy, and really searching for belonging. Um, and she did that with the inner city gangs of Chicago. Um, so right there, I feel like that makes Jennifer a complete and total badass because I don't know that that's where I would go to look for connection and belonging. Um, that kind of scares me a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but she shares that if she's capable of escaping the depths of trauma and self-loathing and having a life of recovery and abundance and joy, then she believes anyone can. So um, she's here to share her authenticity and um, her story and hopes to empower others. And so I'm super excited um, to learn more about Jennifer and her journey. So Jennifer, is there anything I missed about you in your introduction? Um, well, during my journey, I also became a single mother of four, um, raising, and I became a single mom with four-year-old twins and two going into high school. And I was the sole parent and provider, also serial entrepreneur, hundred percent commission field. Um, wow. so just like five years ago was living, still living payday loan to payday loan to keep the lights on. So, um, but then, um, had the height of my career in making over seven figures in 2021. So wow, congrats. coming like top one, uh, actually number one for FHA lending in the state of Illinois and top 50 in the country, top 1% in America. So wow, it is possible. <laughs> That's yes. what I'm going to say. Yes. So, um, so I have to tell you, I know this is like not the whole premise of your story, but like the whole gang thing, like I'm literally mind blown. Yeah. Well, so now that I'm older and I've learned and I've healed so much, like I can look back and I can see, you know, why, why I went that route and like yeah. what it did for me. And that's, that's why a huge passion of mine in the future is to help create an alternative to the streets because people get judged for the life that they live when they're on the streets. But even me, I grew up in the suburbs, but I ended up hanging out there. And that's where I found acceptance and love. You know, people treated me, I felt like I was treated better from random people who didn't know me than like my own family. Mm -hmm. um, and, and a lot of people have the same story, you know, and then that's how we end up homeless. And so I hope to eventually, you know, create an alternative to the streets because I could have ended up in jail for the rest of my life for things that I did while I was going through that, that period of my life. But yeah. luckily for me, 
I didn't, you know, and also getting pregnant. My daughter was literally my, my destiny, which is why I named her that and moved out of the city. And she was my reason to have a different life. So, you know, sometimes people just need, just need one person really to, you know, really reach down and and love them and let them know that like, I understand, you know? Um, Yeah. So, so our stories are a little bit similar. I didn't actually turn to a gang for that belonging connection, but I turned to a boyfriend in high school and that boyfriend became very toxic and abusive and, um, and like you and did some bad, horrible, crazy things. And I always say, thank God that I, you know, reached that crossroads and I went this way and he went that way because I too, you know, being with him, is like that guilt by association very well also could have ended up in jail myself. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy how one decision can change the whole trajectory of your future. Yeah. And you know, and so that's the thing I think early on it started like, so I started running away from home at 13. So Mm -hmm. gangs didn't happen until much later, like 16, maybe 16 actually. So first it was running away from home, then boys, then drugs, Mm -hmm. and then like gangs. It was like, there was nothing I could do to escape the pain that I I was feeling inside the emotional Mm -hmm. pain that I was not aware was happening, you know? Um, And not until honestly, it's because my, my story started because my mom uh, moved out of state when I was 11. And so my father took over as sole guardian and he did the very best he could do, you know, so I could never see that he dad did anything wrong, you know, because he, he took care of us. He made dinner. He went to work every day. He did, he did all he could do. Yes. But I was missing some things and it wasn't like my mom and living with my sisters, you know, it just, I had an abandonment issue already. And then because of the lack of communication, even though someone's physically there, doesn't mean that you're there. If you're not, if yes. you don't know anything about me, if you're not communicating, if you have no idea, like why I'm running away like a train, there's yes. a reason, you know? And so they had me locked up in different adolescent facilities, like through all of this. And, you know, the thing is, is that they want to put all these children on drugs and act like, oh, it's the children. But like, truthfully, it's the trauma. Yes. The trauma. 100%. And the reason why we can't help kids at that stage is because it comes from the family that yes. doesn't know that they're causing it. Yes. So there's no way to fix it because you don't know it's a thing. And the parents haven't understand, like they haven't looked in the mirror to see like, what did I do to cause this? Because we are, we are all our children have, and they come into this world without anything. And we're the ones that we give them all of the things, you know, subconsciously or not, you know, which is why I believe like this generation of children, they will push you to evolve. Like if you don't want to do your work, at some point you'll have to, because I'm going to tell you right now, there's too much knowledge of it. Like when I was younger, it was different, you know, but these kids are getting, they're getting the coaching, they're getting the help. They want more and they require a higher level of you. So you will have yeah. to do the work or they will just not have anything to do with you at some point, you know, and not yes. even know, you know, because you haven't gotten to all of it. So me and my daughter just went through this and my oldest. So like we had to go through it all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's so funny that you say, you know, it's, 
the kids can't get the help that they needed until the parents look in the mirror. So when I was in my rebellious teenage phase, um, and even before that, so my parents divorced when I was really little. And then my stepmom came into the picture and I really did not like her. And I begged my dad not to marry her. And she's really not like a kind, loving person. And so, um, so I was the problem. So my parents sent me, my dad and my stepmom sent me to therapy. And basically the therapist was like, they're adults and you're the child. So you have to accept this and get over it. And meanwhile, I'm in the therapy room alone by myself at nine years old. And my dad and my stepmom are waiting in the lobby. And so then when it was like the rebellious thing with the boyfriend as a teenager, again, it was Kim who was the problem. I was rebellious. I was defiant. I was rude. Um, you know, a behavior problem. And none of that, like that was all a product of all the previous things. But at no point did my parents stop and be like, hmm, we're really the common denominator here. So maybe we need to evaluate our choices and mm -hmm. our parenting up until this point, even though, like you said, your dad did the best that he could. I know my parents did the best that they could, but they have unhealed trauma that they haven't addressed. So it's like, it's a snowball effect for sure. It is, you know, and, and we don't, the problem, this is, I, I just had this conversation the other day, you know, with abuse, like physical abuse, you know, it's happening, right? We yeah. have the bruises, we have the scars, we know it's happening. Verbal abuse, you know, it's happening verbally, like we hear it. Um, even sexual abuse, like, but emotional abuse, we, the problem is, is we don't know where it cut us. Like, yeah. we don't know where it starts. We don't even know, like, I literally... I've been on this healing journey for quite some time. And just until like two years ago is when I finally figured out, like I continued to look for men like my father. I never felt good enough for him. So I continued to call in men who were going to treat me the same way because it's the closest thing I felt to, he was my first love. Yes. Every, every little girl's first love is their father. And we will look for him until we understand that like, they, they know not what they do either, you know, um, until we heal. And, and it's just, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, all those triggered moments that yeah. I didn't feel good enough. Like I get where they come from now. I can't, I won't be triggered the same because now I'm aware, you know, mm -hmm. it's just such a, but it's like, Oh my, I just didn't know, you know, and then I can look and maybe my boyfriend wasn't like exactly like my dad, but it left me feeling the same. Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying there's, there's that similarity. Some of them were just like him, you know, yeah. so <laughs> it had to literally take me being with his clone and for me to have the clone situation in order to, and you know what else? It's funny. Cause you touched on this. And so now I'm going to go deep on it. Actually, go for it. This go. Is, I love going deep. So go. I, well, oh, let's, is your I father still in that relationship? Oh, with my son? Yes. They've been married for, let's see, they got married in 91. So 32 years. So how do you feel for her now? Oh, same. I mean, I'm like cordial with her. You know, I've taught, like, I'll say I tolerate her. Mm. Uh, but yes, it's like, you know, still like after all this, she's been in my life since I was six years old. She's still oh. introduced me as her stepdaughter. Right. So let me, so mine was the same. Okay. My dad moved in with the girlfriend. She threw me out the day I moved in and it was just not a good relationship. And I, she, I didn't, she didn't, I didn't feel like she liked me and she did a lot of things that hurt me throughout the years. But now like, I just, I have this insane love for her because the truth is, is that my dad is not an easy person. And it took, 
his mirror in order to tolerate him and have a life with him. Yeah. And so like, I'm so grateful for her because without her, he probably would be by himself. Yeah. And I would see that. And he's seen the world with her. Like he gets to like, he's, he lives life to the fullest. Now, maybe I, you know, didn't get to have all the relationships that I wanted to, but I'm so grateful for her now. Yeah. And, um, because yeah, like he, he, you know, I would hate that he would be alone. Cause that just to me is like the saddest thing ever, you know, and yeah. he's literally seen the world and they, they love each other, but of course it took someone like him to be with him because he is difficult. He is yeah. not easy. And so they can only call in who they are and, but, you know, how think about yeah. that. Isn't that insane? Yes. So, yeah. So, you know, of course, like it's, water under the bridge. She's, you know, good with my kids. And I say like tolerate, and that's not nice. I shouldn't say that. It's like, it's definitely a different dynamic than it was many years ago, but right. sometimes you have to chuckle because I've done, like I've, I've done my work. And of course there's always work to do, but like I've on that journey. So like now I just kind of chuckle because I have the awareness and the perspective. So I'm like, you know, I know what's within my control and I let some things roll. So yeah, well, and I've let a lot of things roll too, but like, this is what I know to be true. And anybody listening, I will say you have, like, we need to listen to what the Bible says in regards to a couple things. Number one, do unto others as you will have done unto you mm -hmm. and we will all reap what we sow. Yes. And the truth is, is that everybody does. Yeah. Like, so trust me like for the pain that is caused onto others, they feel that pain, the same exact pain yes. that they cause to others, they feel. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I forgive her like completely. And that's the thing um, is like forgiveness and being able to, because I, my dad was my mom and my dad for many, many years. Like I celebrated him on mother's day, you know, cause I didn't have a parent. So how, of course, how could I ever see the trauma that he caused me? Because I, without him, I was alone, you know, yeah. so, so I couldn't, but the truth is, is that, you know, we just, he, we didn't, we didn't know how to communicate and he didn't know what to do with a child whose mom left her, you know, and he just did all he could do. And, and so I have to forgive, forgive her, forgive him, forgive myself for yeah. all the self-destruction that I had to go through to become who I am today. But like, I'm so grateful for it because we wouldn't be speaking. My book would not be able to impact the people that it's going to be able to impact, you know, and to let people know that like you are in control, like we control our destiny 100%. Everything we call into our life is exactly what we need to help us evolve. Now, if you choose to ignore it and not heal and not grow, then you'll continue to repeat it and it'll get worse and worse and worse until you have no choice. This is the life that we live. And so you just have to choose your heart, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, Absolutely. I think because when we step out of that, that space, I'll say when we're not choosing a heart, we're typically in our head. Yeah. And we're, you know, overthinking and overanalyzing. And I feel like that's where we sometimes can get off track more easily. But if we can stay tuned into our heart and trust what we feel in our gut, that's more of a, I'll say like a true North star, a true guiding point to help us continue on our journey, to be able to forgive the people that we feel have not been there for us and maybe the ways that we wanted to or needed them to. 
um, and really, you know, be able to accept the life experiences that we've had and appreciate them for where they've gotten us. Yeah, absolutely. Because none of us would be who we are today without each and every one of those experiences. Nothing happens to us. It happens for us. That's right. We can sit and dwallow in our, our pity as long as we want, but it will do nothing but keep you in there. Yes. You know, it's, I remember there was a time when I, when I kept dug, digging myself deeper and deeper, you know, when I used to cry, why me? Like, why do I have to go through so much? Well, because <laughs> I was meant to, to do so much in this world. I was meant to help and to reach others in a way that only I could, if I had gone through the depths of hell, you know? So, um, I'm grateful. Yeah. And I think too, it brings, um, when we have those experiences, I think it helps us to appreciate what we have now more than we would have without them, you know? So, um, my aunt passed away, uh, in the fall. And so, going to her her services and seeing other family members who have not taken that crossroads turn yet. Um, and I see the struggles that they're still enduring and, you know, on how, how unhappy they are. And so I, when I got home that night, I said to my husband, I was like, you know, if I had not taken that crossroad 20 years ago, 21 years ago, I would still be on that, that path that my, my cousins are. And so I'm like, it really, when you see where you were and where you are and the experiences that you've had, it really does. I mean, the gratitude is just, I was just like, wow, like how grateful am I to be where I am today? Um, It just made me appreciate the journey that much more and, um, and the overcoming of it. Cause like you said, it feels like you can always get stuck in that. Like, why me, why me spiral? And so when you can have that, like that bird's eye view and really tap into that gratitude. It's super powerful. Yeah, it is. It's, and it's, and it's so beautiful, you know, to be able to just, just sit back and know that like, the thing is, is like what you're doing now and what we're doing now, like you never know when you're going to touch like one of those cousins or your brother or your mother or your sister. And the more I know that the more I've healed, the more it has trickled down into my family. And I'm so grateful. And, you know, Uh, The thing is, is that everybody doesn't have to heal and everybody doesn't have to change because the more work that I do, the more I'm able to understand and always have a loving heart and know I I can see people for where they're at. And I have compassion for that because I was once there too, you know, Um, it's just, I do have to make sure that I keep my circle with people who are are ready and willing to, you know, to do the work and continue to grow because I don't want to, I don't, you know, we are who we surround ourselves with. So we do need to make sure we're evolving and pushing those limits. And that's why I'm grateful to be having conversations like this. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I agree hundred percent because it also too, I think it keeps us when you surround yourself with people who are, you know, on a journey of transformation and continued growth and you meet new people and you surround yourself with them, it encourages you and motivates you to continue growing and keeping on your journey because it's not always easy. So when you see other people, it's an inspiration. You're like, oh yes, to keep going because these are the things that I, you know, that I can accomplish. They did it. I can do it. Wow. What a great thing. Like, oh, I'd love to try that sometimes. And so it gives insight. It gives hope and it gives really inspiration to keep going on the journey. Yeah. And you know what it is too, is that each, 
everybody has a story. I mean, I know a lot of people don't want to share their story, but like they have no idea like who they could reach because they can reach somebody that me or you maybe can't, you know? Um, And so like even just us having this conversation, like there's things that I'm going to take that I'm like, oh, you know, and there's things you're going to take and you're, you know, and so it's just a constant, like um, constant growth in which if we're not growing, we're dying, right? So we need to continue to, you know, look outside of ourselves and to people who are, you know, on the journey with us. So, yeah. Yeah. So you have done a lot of work. So I'm just, I'm transitioning a little bit because I want to know about your book too. So you've clearly done so much work and, you know, you're a single mom. So you have all the mom duties of running kids here, there and everywhere. Um, And I know you have a fur kid too. And, um, so, so in all of that, how did you find the inspiration and the space to write your book? Uh, so there's not a whole lot of time or space yes. as you know, um, like being a single mother, like sole provider income, mom, dad, everything, uh, to four children was not easy. And so if you talk to each one of my children, I think they, each one of them will say, they missed out on a certain piece of me mm-hmm. uh, because I only had so much to give. But um, honestly, I started writing my book. So I'm in the mortgage business and have been for 18 years. And um, I, in the last crash, I ended up losing everything. And while I was losing everything, my daughter was in film and she had did, um, she had done a low budget film that won awards. So they came to drop it off and they're like, you know, I told them like, I have great stories. If you guys ever run out of stories, she's like, you know, you can be a counselor and impact the world through film. And the funny thing is, is that I always wanted to be a counselor because I've been locked up in adolescent facilities. I was really bad on drugs. You know, I sold drugs. <laughs> like I hung out with gangs, you know, like I did, I had, you know, looking for a love in all the wrong places, you know, sexually self-sabotaging, like everything you can think of. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I can impact the world through film. Huh. Um, And my daughter has been an actress since she was seven. So I'm like, that's perfect. And I started, I was losing everything and I was super depressed. Mm -hmm. And I just picked up a notepad after that, after she left that day and I started writing my story. So writing my story, I was like seeing everything that I had gone through. I'm like, losing all of this is not that death of me, but it felt like the death of me, right? Because it was the death it was the death of the old me. And I wasn't happy in my marriage and I wasn't happy in the life that I was living, but I had stuff and I had money. And so money and stuff sometimes masks our pain, right? Because we go shopping or we take a vacation or we buy ourselves something fabulous, but it prevents us from looking in the mirror and dealing with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so when you're stripped away from it, and I'm so, I just said this on a podcast the other day, and I think this is the problem with a lot of people that have money is that They keep masking it. And it's not until you are stripped of all of it that you actually have to go and look in the mirror. And then when we get away from it, you know, and there's money there, like we keep doing the things and we forget that you have. So then we have to be stripped of it again. So just recently I was stripped of it again because I was like, hello, you still haven't learned the lesson, lady. You're like, but don't worry. I got it now. I got it now. This time I got it. Okay. We're not going to repeat no more times. I'm done. Got it. So I had to learn some more lessons, you know, and 
I'm just so, so grateful. But it was, it was at that time I started reflecting and writing everything. And I was like, oh, this is not the end of my story. And I was only like 30 something, you know, had a half a million dollar house, rental properties, vacation home, and I was losing everything, you know, and uh, I, I felt like it was the death of a piece of me though, because that is when I started to heal. Um, but I had to go through that in order to, to push me into it. So, yeah. And that's hard too. And, and, you know, yes, there's the money piece there, but I think sometimes when you've accomplished something like, you know, having purchasing a half a million dollar home, having rental properties, and then it tripped away. It's really, but I worked hard to establish that. So why am I losing that? Like take the money away out of the equation. And when you lose something that you've worked so hard to build, through your own blood, sweat, and tears, that feels raw and painful too. Cause you're like, but I, I earned it. I built it. I, I did it. I created it. Yeah. But I needed to lose it because there was more for me to do. So yeah, <laughs> and I had it all back a couple of years later, you know? So, uh, but I also, I went through a divorce a couple of years later. Cause that's when I figured out, like, I was not happy. I was talking about other people. I was involving myself in other people's problems. Like I was doing anything I could to escape the mirror. Look at yourself, lady. You're projecting your problems onto others. You're not wanting to deal with yourself. And that's what it was. I, I didn't want to deal. I didn't want to deal. I didn't. I had a broken family and I was willing to sacrifice it all as most people are who have children. Like we think we are doing our kids a service by sacrificing ourselves for the relationship that isn't making you happy. And that is not healthy. Cause yeah. all we're doing is teaching them to do the same thing. Yes. Cause you know, in the moment we're like, it's better for them to grow up in a two parent household than a one parent household. You know, it's showing them how to work through the problems. And so, but ultimately at the end of the day, you're right. It teaches them self-sacrifice and yeah. it teaches them, you know, don't trust yourself. Don't listen to your gut. You're going to have to suffer through even when you're miserable, because that's, what's expected of you. That's what's expected of you. Yeah. And for me, my kid's father was an alcoholic. So like it was, a, you know, it was a step further. Like he wasn't willing to do what needed to be done. And, and so I was making him be somebody he wasn't. Mm -hmm. So then it was even a hundred times worse because I knew that without me behind him, telling him like what to do, where to go, how to do it and to not drink that it was going to take over. Yeah. And so that's why when I got divorced, it wasn't like, I just got divorced. It was like, I got divorced and then they lost him, you know, um, which all stemmed to me filing for divorce, you know, me. So I, you know, was looked at like, what did you just do to us? You know? <laughs> but it was, I did what was needed and yeah, he had to go through what he had to go through. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, in the moment it probably felt really awful for your children, but I think as you know, time goes on and they look back on it, I'm sure there's an immense amount of gratitude because, um, you did something that was needed for the betterment of your family. Yeah. I mean, they do because then they got to see, you know, they got to see me heal. Yeah. And we start to learn how to love myself. And the fact that, you know, and now I have, my twins are 17 years old now. So I have two, I have two 17 year olds and uh, a 25 and 26 year old, and they, 
they have seen me work. So they have my work ethic. They've seen me heal. So they, and, and the most important thing to me, forget about the financial success and everything else is that my 20 year olds are learning how to love themselves and heal before they have children. Yes. And the greatest thing I could ever do for them. Yes. It, it that's, that's it. And, and I'm helping like my 26 year old, he's my stepson and I raised him since he was four. And, um, you know, both his parents are still wrong, but I'm helping him heal, you know, his relationship with his mother. And, you know, um, and I, I was on the phone with her for a couple hours the other day and, you know, I want to help like her, you know, she has hatred towards me for whatever. So like, I'm like, please just forgive me. I need you to forgive me. Michael needs, you know, we need, we need you to forgive me. Like, forgive me. He's a great kid. (laughs) Like, you know, and um, just being able to do that, uh, that's the most important thing to me. You know, when they have kids, like they have a heightened level of awareness, they know their triggers, they know everything. So, you know, I was been very vocal with all of them. I make them do all the things that I do. And it's great. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. yeah. Life and- is tough. So they need to know. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's such a huge, like, that's the biggest gift of all is, um, like changing the legacy. So when I started my healing journey, my goal was to break the, break the cycle of the generational trauma and really leave a legacy for my kids. Then that is better than what was left for me. And so I think as we continue going on this healing journey, we work through our things. We're role model, like being role models for our kids of what it looks like to heal and do the work. I think that is the most powerful thing ever. Yeah, it is. It is the most, uh, every time I give a speech or I do do something, that is by far the most important thing. And then uh, actually just recently, um, me and my daughter, because there was a period we weren't talking to each other. And you know how much, like, just think about how much that hurts, you know? (laughs) Um, It was, it was dreadful, but it was needed in order for us to heal because like she needed, she had things she had to work on and I had things I had to work on. And we were basically projecting onto one another because all of our relationships are our mirrors, right? So they're all, all of our important relationships with our family, our spouse, our business partnerships, they're all going to give us what we give. That's right. It's just what it is. So when we're getting something, you need to stop and say, well, where am I giving that? Am I giving something similar to that? You probably are. Yeah. This is this is exactly what you've called in for exactly this reason so that you can evolve, you know? So, um, but it was it was really hard. And we just went on a podcast and we kind of talked about, you know, the, uh, the relationship and how we had to go through some of the things uh, because it's really important. And I think a lot of parents relationships are strained um, with their children. And I know how much it hurts because it hurt both of us immensely that, you know, we couldn't really stand to be around each other for a minute. Yeah. Um, but now we're best friends. So oh, good. Good. a happy ending. I love it. I love it. So, um, so Jennifer, if someone is, um, you know, on this journey and they're maybe feeling stagnant or they're looking for maybe a little boost, um, what is, I'll say the biggest takeaway, and that might be a loaded question to say the biggest takeaway, but what is something that you have found to be helpful on your journey that someone else might find helpful? Um, so everybody's at different phases, but I, I, I will forever say that I think the most important, my most important 
thing is forgiveness Mm -hmm. to forgive those who have wronged you forgive those who have hurt you they know not what they do and just understand that they will reap what they sow um and you don't you know it's not for us to give to them they they will that's just the way the world works it is what happens to us all and so if you, when you find the peace to be able to forgive those who hurt you and they may have done it, you're not forgiving them for them. You're forgiving them for you because you are in a cage to, to the trauma that they caused you or the pain they inflicted on you. You're the one stuck there. You're, you're not mattering to them. They're going on there. They don't even know how much pain they have caused you. They don't care. They don't see it. It's not the same. It's your pain. It's your trauma. You must forgive them or you stay stuck there and it will cause you harm it isn't causing them harm they they have moved forward so um that is literally that if you can do that then you can you can look at others and start to see the place that they're at and know that like someone may be having a bad day or going through a rough thing and even though they're maybe swearing at you or they may have had road rage with you but that has nothing to do with you. Like yeah. I feel for the people who I have road, road rage with me now because I'm like, wow, you must it must be really tough. Yes. Whatever it is, you are in pain and you're trying to give me your pain. So just just have that, that you have so much more peace and so much of a, a more calm life to know that like, you know, this isn't about you. The them talking about you, that's not about you. That's just them living in their lower self right now because they haven't started to do their work. Yes. I know because I did it. So Um, forgive them. We know not what we do. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I love that. And so, um, this has been such a great conversation and ladies, if you found this episode helpful, please feel free to share it with a friend and, um, the link to Jennifer's book will be in the show notes. So no need to feel like you need to go Googling Jennifer Hernandez. Um, yes, (laughs) a beautiful cover by the way. And so, um, it, it does not come out until, uh, January 15th, 16th. I almost said 14th, but I had 2024 on the brand. So January 16th, 2024, um, is when it is released. So the link to the the book will be in the show notes. So you can literally just head right to the show notes, click the link and learn more about Jennifer's journey and her life experiences. Um, because I mean, let's face it, her story, um, seems pretty fascinating. Uh, I mean, cause how many people say that they like hung out with gangs? Like, yes, I'm still hanging on to that. Cause I'm still like a little bit mind blown. Um, so, and I know there's like so much more to the story than that. So I don't want to minimize anything else that you've experienced, but like, that is like, whoa to me. Wait till you so, see the documentary. You're going to be blown away. <laughs> yes. I am definitely going to be like tuning in and watching that for sure. So, um, This has been so great, Jennifer. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on and chat with me this evening. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure. And ladies, if you would be so kind to leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it because I take the time to read all the reviews to ensure that this podcast continues to be a place of support and guidance and really a one-stop shop because us ladies, we have got to stick together. So thanks so much for tuning in and I will see you all next week. Thank you so much. Yes. It's been a pleasure. I'm the honor. Yes, it has it. Thank you. Thanks.